Hello, everybody. This is Escape the Dungeon, the podcast where we ask you to join us as we explore the world beyond the world's oldest role-playing game. My name is Mike Cripps, and I will be your host and game master, and I am joined by three stellar players. Zach Brass. Hello, everybody. Dom Brass. Yeah, that's me. And Nate Brass. Greetings, all I am he who is named Nate. Today I will be playing Cypher, the robot. I keep forgetting that we introduce our characters. We don't. I just do it. Um, and I think it's funny because I go last. <laughs> it never works. And then it just shames you guys for not having done it. It just seems better. And Nate Brass as Cypher, the robot. <laughs> Each season, we will be playing a different tabletop role-playing game. This season, we are playing Scum and Villainy, a Forged in the Dark game published by Evil Hat Productions. Guys, I last week we we did a we did a joke intro. I I pranked the hell out of Dom. I was messed um, up. And got, got him. Got, got him. him pretty good, if I don't say so myself. Um, but what I was saying last time is is still true i want uh to give the audience a chance to get to know us as people and you know i thought of how we could do this best to really give them an insight into who we are and you know i thought of you know we could do two truths and a lie like like every teacher ever made you do on the first day of school and everyone hates that and i was like no let's not do that and i was like eh, what what if we went around and we each you know talked about our jobs or whatever and i don't know we can do that but that's boring and then i'm, I'm then with it, you mike i i totally agree we should play twister with the audience <laughs> yes <laughs> everybody come on over to my place i'll roll out the mat um uh but no i i came up with an idea of what i think will really give the keenest insight into who we are and that is, I'd like us all to complain about the just most petty grievance you have right now. Like, what is the the littlest thing that is bothering you and you just need to get it off your chest? Because, I mean, everybody's got something like that, right? <laughs> this is This is like the stupidest, most annoyingly all right look it's a completely unrelatable uh like in the exact specifics here so i'm just gonna make it real simple here basically at work there's somebody that uh is above me and when they do something in the computer system they don't do it the way they're supposed mm. to do it <laughs> nice repeatedly over and over and over again mm, i feel that in my bones <laughs> exactly and so and and it's like a fucking pain in the ass like let me tell you it's not that difficult for them to do this <laughs> and it would save me so much extra work 
if they would do it. <laughs> so, uh, it's just, you know, and I mentioned it. But of course, you know, like I said, they're higher in the company than me. So I have to just simply deal with it after I've mentioned it uh, multiple times um, when they continue to refuse to do it. But the thing is, it's not the level of complaint that I can really bring up to somebody. Like, it would sound like I'm being petty if I were to bring this up. So instead, you're airing it to the entire Internet. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> nice. That's a good complaint. That makes mine feel extremely petty. <laughs> that's that's even better. <laughs> What's yours, Nate? Um, it's when gas stations don't have like Google Pay or <laughs> Apple Pay on their phones. <laughs> um, it's like I have to bring a card <laughs> to the gas station. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, like, come on, get with the modern times. Uh, honestly, anywhere that doesn't allow me to just pay with my phone and makes me pull out a wallet uh, is disappointing to me. I'm actually with you on that one. Here's an embarrassing secret about me. I don't know how to set that up on my phone, and I'm afraid to ask. Like, <laughs> download whatever app is your bank, and it'll just work. Well, I the, the thing is, so I have... Um, I rely on public transit here in Chicago, and there is a way to put your Ventra card, your your transit card, on your phone and, like, just scan your phone to, like, get on the train. Yeah. And I tried that once, and it didn't work, and I was immediately so embarrassed that I'm, like, fumbling with my wallet to pull out my credit card to scan that instead. Oh, no. And I haven't tried it again since then. <laughs> uh, look, so what you have to understand, too, I, I don't know if this is the case for Nate or Dom here really, but as the oldest brother, I just project all of my problems onto them. So, uh, for me, like, the big issue is that, like, I am so good at losing things. <laughs> like, debit cards, I actually get charged for new ones now because I've lost too many. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. I actually, I was really mad at them when they did that. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm done with my amount. Like, don't get me wrong. I understand. But at the same time, it's like, you guys are a fucking bank. <laughs> like, don't tell me you don't have enough money already. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Uh, the phone thing's great because it's a really good way to leave your card at home all the time, home all the time in case you actually desperately need it for something and honestly 90 percent of places take this stuff around where we live and you live in chicago i mean it's probably even more oh yeah i mean everything has that now like i rarely occasionally i you know i run into the issue nate's talking about where i go to a gas station I'm like ah oh, damn it they don't even have this like <laughs> Uh, Dom, do you have anything you'd like to get off your chest? Any any petty grievance you'd like to air? Uh, yeah, I was kind of hoping that teacher wouldn't call on me, but um, <laughs> so I was trying to think of something, and it's stupid because all I have is petty grievances just all the time. But I, I just could, <laughs> nothing like good came to mind. The best thing I could think of that wasn't political or something was just. 
they're, they're, the cars, cars don't like new cars aren't always coming with like jacks anymore, like car jacks, which seems insane to me. It just has like patch spray, and and that's it. And it's insane to me that they don't yeah, have with, car with jacks. With all the new cars you buy, okay, that must that's be not the point. It's a fundamental issue, okay. <laughs> and I didn't realize I have a 2016 car. I didn't realize it didn't have a car jack. But beyond that, then I go to ask people for a car jack. Everyone's like, "I don't have a car jack in my car," and I'm like, "This is psychotic. What world do we live in?" Where people don't have carjacks in their that car is every time. Crazy, right? I didn't know that it's psychotic. They made that like sh- surely every car just comes with a scissor jack at yeah, least. Yes, they should, but no, not anymore. That's wild. And beyond that, <laughs> what happens if you many many like, people need to change to your spare? I think what bothered me because I thought I had a car. And you just call AAA nowadays. Yeah, but that's the thing. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Oh, just call AAA." It's like, dude, wait, no. Are you saying that I can't just like and I expect everyone who knows they don't have a car jack to be like, oh, let me get a car jack. If why are they not like, I don't know, they, they just knew that they didn't have car jacks. They knew that and it was OK. They just left it alone. They were just going to call AAA. It's I don't know. I don't know what we live in. <laughs> my, my petty grievance um, is going to be frustratingly vague because uh, I don't want to go into concrete details uh which will hopefully be a a petty grievance of our audiences then um (laughs) (laughs) but um i i recently um in making a major purchase um the kind of purchase where it's rather expensive and you have to pay a, a sizable down payment up front and sign a contract for it, like that kind of purchase. And with the contract, they're like, okay, it, it should take about like two to three weeks, four to five weeks in like peak busyness. Oh my God, season. you're getting a surrogate? <laughs> <laughs> and... I signed the contract uh, literally five weeks ago and I woke up the other morning and I hadn't heard anything since the, the contract was signed and I'm just getting like anxious about it. I literally had a stress dream about like being in a situation where I needed this thing and didn't have it because it never got done. It never got delivered. And I wake up that morning like, okay, I need to get in touch with these people and like just get an update. And literally like an hour later, they're like, this will be ready for pickup on Friday. (laughs) (laughs) And and so like they lived up to their end of the contract. They delivered within the time period they said they would. Uh, They did nothing wrong, but I still was just like so annoyed. (laughs) No updates. Yeah. We will tell you when it's done. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So that, that was my petty grievance that I needed to get off my chest. Um, are you boys ready to jump into the world of scum and villainy? Yeah. Yeah. Welcome 
Welcome to the Procyon Sector. Our bounty hunting heroes, Crash, Cypher, and Gorpheus, have ventured into the precarious jungles of Akiti in search of their quarry, the Grand Fariniki. Not only have they found the creature, but also a group of big game hunters led by the man they call Razor. In a three-way standoff between hunters and beast, Razor was incapacitated by knockout drugs. The rival hunters turned their blasters towards crashing Gorpheus, and the apex predator began to chase Cypher as they raced through the wilderness. What more could possibly go wrong for the crew of the Phoenix 13? Team! Team! <laughs> I love those intros. <laughs> oh man! They get me hyped every time. Well, let's go, boys. Uh, so, which scene are we starting on? Uh so yeah, that's a good question, Nate. Because here's what the situation is: um, Razor has hit the ground uh, as he pulls out a a knockout dart from his neck before losing consciousness, tells his hunters, the, his, his four members of his hunting party, to deal with you all, to deal with Crash and Gorpheus. And the Grand Fariniki, this reptilian cat-like thing, 15 feet long... I thought it was a bird. Uh, uh is chasing cypher as they're speeding away on their hover bike full speed in a gallop um you are in pretty bad situations but you're in slightly different levels of bad situations as we're sort of like splitting the 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 scenario right now so and the reason for that is because in Scum and Villainy, threat level and danger level is kind of defined by a, a series of different vectors, of, of, different, um, of different aspects. Um, and really, the, these three factors are potency, quality slash tier, and scale. Potency being like, is there a factor in this situation that is really playing on a particular weakness of another aspect? Is there something in the scene that is particularly potent against something else? Um, in both of these situations, not really. The second factor there is quality and tier. Um, is your equipment better than the equipment of the people you're going against? Is is their ability just a, a, of a more powerful quality than yours is? Since Razor has hit the ground, his four hunters are of roughly equal quality and tier to Crash and Gorpheus. If Razor were up and conscious, maybe that would be a different story. He, you know, he looks like a badass, right? The Grand Fariniki 
has thick hide, razor sharp claws. It is the apex predator for a reason. Its abilities, its natural weapons and armor are of a substantially higher quality than Cypher's. So Cypher is in a more dangerous situation there. And then the last thing is scale. How just plain bigger is the threat you're up against compared to you? Um, the Grand Faraniki is 15 feet long. It's huge. It's like, you know, 3,000 pounds of pure muscle. Uh, it is of a substantially higher scale, which means that it is obviously the biggest threat here, right? Higher, bigger scale, better quality. It's going to be the most dangerous thing in the room. The other hunters, they're a slightly larger group. They have a, a slight edge in scale compared to uh, Gorpheus and Crash, but the two of you are on a, you know, big two-seater hover bike. So that kind of evens that out. So ultimately, right now, uh, Gorpheus and Crash are in a risky situation as the hunters are their main threat. And Cypher is in a desperate situation because the Grand Faraniki is their main threat. The good news here, though and something I want to call out, is you collectively as a crew have a group of resources called gambits. You start with one, uh, because, because you're a crew of bounty hunters, you start with one gambit at every job, and you gain a gambit every time you roll a six or a critical on a risky action roll. I went back and double-checked the rolls from last time. You got two sixes on risky rolls, which is going to bring you up to a total of three gambits. Anybody can spend a gambit on any roll during the job to get an extra dice. So keep that in mind. And these do reset at the start of every job. So they're use them or lose them. So we, we gained three gambits, you said? You have three total. Three total, got it. Yeah, started with one, you got two more from risky rolls. Sounds good. So with all of that in mind... I'm going to leave it up to you. Whoever like has an idea of what they want to do um, in this situation, uh, Cypher running away from the Grand Faraniki, Crash and Gorpheus dealing with these hunters, whoever has an idea can go first. Let me ask you one question. Sure. Um, I'm sorry, you might have answered this already. How many hunters roughly are within our space here that we're seeing? There are four. There, it was a group of five, but uh, Razor is incapacitated. So uh, there is a group of four hunters. Dealing with them is going to be a four act or a four segment progress clock. Uh, okay. So depending on your actions and how successful you are, uh, you'll fill up segments of that clock. And when you hit four, then the hunters are dealt with. They are no longer a threat to you in this scenario. Wonderful. Nate, let me ask you, do you have 
a plan. Yeah. Yeah. I have two plans for what it's worth. Okay. Uh, then it's up to you. But they're not good. Well, one of them's actually pretty good. Okay. Well, I know what I want to do. I think at, at this point, my uh, plan, as far as like you guys would be concerned, amounts to um, using a flashback for uh, us to meet up at some place. Um, so you guys are, are pretty much have to deal with these four without me. Uh, no, that's fine. I'm not worried about this four. Yeah, I had a flashback uh, idea for the Grand Fariniki, uh for capturing it. But I say let's let's start out with you guys uh, dealing with these guys. I agree. I think that that's more fitting. All right. So look, here's the thing. Right, right away. Of course, Flash. Um, he's gonna want to take the speeder bike and just fly into the closest one of the those guys possible. Just fucking run him over. <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so as these four hunters turn their, you know, two-handed blaster rifles, their hunting rifles, at you when Razor falls to the ground unconscious, you start to rev your engines and charge towards them. Uh, give me an action roll. What action would you like to use here? Well, I am attacking the guy, so I feel like scrap works. I don't know. I feel like that's a helm action. Or scramble. I think you could argue either. I think you could argue either. Um, and yeah, scramble potentially too. I, I think you could even argue scramble. But uh, like I'm uh, trying to specifically catch this guy off guard by aggressively maneuvering towards him. I'm going to argue that that's a scrapjack. I mean, you can use whatever you want, depending on which action you choose gets to uh, go into how I uh, decide what the position and effect of that is. I think scrap in this kind of situation is going to have limited effect compared to helm. Let's All right, go. Well, let, let me try a helm. Like, can I do that? <laughs> sure. I have helm. Uh, so I'll go for it. <laughs> yeah, you are in a risky situation, like I said. Uh, helm, I will give you standard effect on this roll. All right. Six. Six. Oh my gosh, you do it. Uh, and because that was a six on a risky roll, you gain another gambit, Let's bringing go. you up to four total. Out of uh, beautiful possible eight, so you have you are at half capacity of maximum gambits. All right, guys, it's time to start using our mana. <laughs> uh, I'd like to cast fireball. <laughs> As you barrel towards one of the hunters, fully splattering them uh, on the front of your hover bike, and your your hover bike just like funks right over them. Uh, it, 
also then hitting them with like the back burner of the the propulsion um and you actually continue careening forward as you then uh crash into another one taking out two of these four hunters and uh filling in two segments on that clock beautiful now i don't know if you have anything in particularly uh, planned i would like to take my stun baton and I want to use my psychic magnetic powers uh, and I want to throw it at one of those guys as we're speeding past uh, who's still standing uh sure uh yeah you can toss your your stun baton using your connection to the way and your um inherent biological command of uh of magnetism um, as a Xeno of your particular species, and uh, are able to sort of manipulate the baton as it flies through the air. What action would you like to use on this? Uh, I would like to use an attune check to try to use my powers. Yeah, so if you're really leaning into the the mystical command aspect of aiming this, yeah, you can definitely go ahead and roll a tune. This will also be a risky roll for you, and uh, this will also be standard effect. That's such a cool and interesting like use of powers and power set. How'd you come up with it? Shut up. <laughs> 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 uh, trying to figure like out if I could throwing your magnetic space sword. Cool. Okay. It's not a sword, <laughs> it's a baton. This is just a baton. I, I messed up. I didn't take a space sword. Yet. I didn't realize that was one of the things we could take. Yes. Good good call. Alright. So rolling. That's uh that's a four right there. That is a four on a risky roll. What that means is you do it, but there's a consequence. So you throw the baton using your command over the way to uh, bash one of the guys in the head. That is going to be... Um, two more ticks on the clock as you actually bounce it off of the one and then use your command of the way to make it like boomerang around and hit the other in the side of the head uh causing him to hit the ground as well and suddenly all four of these uh these hunters are dealt with in surprisingly efficient manner However, the complication here is I'm also going to tick two clocks on the Vigilance Awareness clock that I started last episode. As you feel a pulse in the way as you use your powers, Gorpheus. Oh, no. And you can feel distant, but the presence of other way users other mystics and you feel as if they're getting closer oh this isn't good well that's okay because as soon as he does that i immediately whip around like this was all a quick maneuver here i ram these guys he throws his shit we knock four guys out really quick and suddenly the audience realize oh 
That's how they're bounty hunters. <laughs> and we go speeding off in the direction of our friend. <laughs> yeah, you go speeding off and we'll cut to Cypher. As Cypher, you are going as fast as you can through the jungle with this galloping monstrosity behind you. You can hear it like clicking and roaring and hissing these strange alien sounds as it is catching up to you. You can tell that it is faster than your speeder bike and it is just a matter of time before it gets to you unless you take some kind of action. What would you like to do? Cypher uh, obviously starts with some taunts. I have some treats for you. <laughs> As Cypher speeds along, uh, laughing like a maniac. Uh, they live for this. This is exactly... This mission is going exactly according to plan. Um, Cypher is in the zone kind of sweeping like under fallen trees and kind of like creating distance when they can and then um making sure like the grand is on their tail but they are um specifically speeding through an area that they had scouted out before and um kind of like made sure had the proper cover so um I would like to just uh, roll a helm check with a uh, with an extra gambit thrown in there, because <laughs> this is this is a important part of the plan that had been discussed earlier off screen. It sounds like you might want to be using a flashback if you want to you know, do something a little bit more specific than just it. Like I I'm fine with saying it's a, it's a zero stress flashback to um, say that like you scouted out a portion of the jungle, but if you want like a more significant advantage from that, uh, of that, of something that you had planned for ahead of time, that is always something that you can do. It's stress to, to do a flashback? Yeah, so basically anytime you guys want during a job, you can go into a flashback of how you prepared for this situation beforehand. Deplen depending on the complexity or the unlikeliness of the flashback of what you would have done you're gonna you might take some stress you're gonna take one stress if it's a complex or unlikely opportunity that you would have taken advantage of before this you're gonna take two or more stress if it's like a really elaborate action that would have involved special opportunities and contingencies okay so what what do you have in mind of what you would have done beforehand here? Hear me out. What are the possibilities I would be able to have found a giant fallen, like, hollowed out tree that I can ride through um, as the Grand Faraniki, like, runs on top of it and, like, can't quite get at me? As we like have a flashback of our characters wandering the woods and being like, 
over here, this is a perfect place for us to lead the Grand Faraniki once we find it. Yeah, I definitely think you would have had the opportunity to do that. That would have involved um, sort of sneaking through the jungle, uh, trying to be undetected during this. So I think that would have been a little more complex than than just um, like maybe finding the most efficient route. Um, So I'll say you we can say you did that for one stress works for me all right so go ahead and add a stress um sometimes i'll call for an action roll if uh there's a element of danger or potential trouble in the flashback uh i'm debating that for this but ultimately i don't think that's necessary so uh yeah you take one stress and you you know, bend the corner and you see the uh, downed hollow tree that is just large enough for you on your speeder bike to to drive through. But because we established that the Grand Faraniki is considerably larger, uh, it is not small enough. So uh, you can go ahead and aim for that. I would like an action roll for this, though. Okay. Uh, I'm going to attempt a helm. You said this is a desperate situation? Yeah, you are still in a desperate situation, which means that uh, you are going to get one XP for the category of skill that this is. Sweet. Which I believe is a prowess for helm. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Um, And then what would the effect be? The effect... um... I think an extreme, probably. (laughs) You wish. (laughs) Um... (laughs) I think that the effect on this is going to be relatively limited. You can buy some time, but that, that's really all, about all that you, you're going to get out of this. That's all um, I need. So you said you, said you were going to uh, yeah, use a gambit? Yeah. So you'll get an extra die from that. Uh, I'll offer you a devil's bargain here and um, say that this is going to continue to alert vigilance uh, as you continue just causing a commotion through the jungle. And I'm going to tick off one more of the vigilance awareness clock, which would bring it to a total of four out of six segments. Okay, and did I get any bonus dice for that flashback? Uh, no, you're not going to get bonus dice for that, but it set up the situation for you to be able to attempt this. Okay. Um, I'm going to go for it. You want to accept that devil's bargain? Not yet. I, I trust in my insane abilities. I am the greatest pilot in the galaxy, and that is a tree. Oh my god. That is a tree. Uh, trees, trees. Oh my god. Trademark. <laughs> trays, trays. The greatest pilot in the galaxy. You know what a three on a desperate roll means? Oh um, no. No. It's the worst outcome. You what? suffer severe harm, a complication occurs, or you lose the opportunity. I think the severe harm here is that um, it's not going to necessarily be... Traps it. Oh, it 
you wish it was just that he was trapped. Yeah, I do. <laughs> the Grand Faraniki lashes out with its horrible, horrible claws and swipes right into the side of your hover bike and rips back. The bike just gets massacred as it slashes into it wires and explosions of of force and electricity as the thing totally stalls out underneath you and you go tumbling forward as you roll into that tree as the Grand Faraniki, as it then like tosses the destroyed hover bike into the jungle, starts to slowly prowl towards you as you are now trapped in the tree. You look down and you see that your leg, you didn't feel it in that moment because it was so sharp but it got pierced by one of the claws of the Grand Faraniki as well. Your leg is sparking, your leg is malfunctioning, and uh, you are going to take a level two harm that is going to be malfunctioning leg. So any kind of action that you take uh, that would require the use of both legs... Uh, you are going to lose a die on. I think he didn't feel it because he's. Up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that does not look uh, ideal. Lucky for you, your teammates just kicked ass in their roles, and so they're on their way, and it's not too bad. I'm not worried. I am one of the greatest bounty hunters on in the galaxy. Not trademarked yet, uh, we are working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Crash, I see the Faraniki ahead of us! Yes, Crash and Gorpheus, you see this happen as you are catching up. You see Cypher wipe out and roll into the tree, like sparking and harmed as the Grand Faraniki tosses the hover bike into the jungle. Well, I think it's about time for the greatest pilot in the universe to save the second greatest pilot in the universe. I mean, he has that trademarked already. Well, I didn't say trademarked, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the trademark. Um, do you have a plan? Did we maybe? Okay. Uh, well, first off, uh... Well, okay, yes, no, I don't have a plan. Okay. <laughs> I, I have some plans. Nope. Okay. Um, well, there you well, go. Your turn. I think that we came out here to hunt a Grand Faraniki. Were we planning on capturing it or killing it? Capture it. We had to capture it? Okay. So we must have set a trap, surely. Yeah. Yeah. So surely we set some kind of a trap that we can activate. Yeah, I think we flashback to earlier on where we set this trap up. And obviously, I think the trap isn't terribly far away from this log. Oh, well, I think that was the intention. We, we lure him over, we get ourselves in a nice situation, and then 
there's like I don't know some net or something that was I, I you know or a pit a pit. I was gonna say, does anyone have like a cool trap ability? Because otherwise, I can try to use like if we get some sort of metal container that's in two separate parts, I can try to use my magnetism well, look, to I have a trap ability in regards that when you spring a trap take an extra d1 called shoot first oh nice so if we spring a trap on this thing coming up behind it and we've got this i don't know either pit or net is my suggestion it seems like if it's running on top of the log that we did it yeah, I mean, we need you know. a way to transport it, is what I'm thinking. So if we can get it, like, exactly. in a, so, some kind of containment. So, you know, uh, like, maybe just some ludicrous swinging metal pod hidden in a tree that comes down, like, on a pendulum over the log and tries to scoop it up. Yeah, that is yeah, a... I think that- that is a very complex flashback um, that I think would... Re- I'm going to say you would need to spend two stress and do some kind of action roll to set that up. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's reasonable. Um, I. What kind of action rolls do you think would work for that? I mean, rig, but I can't do a rig roll. You can. You're completely correct, and I absolutely should. You can always attempt something. I can do a rig roll. Can I do the roll if someone else spends the stress? Um, I'm going to say whoever is spending the stress has to do the roll. Well, look, I don't have a lot of good options for this, unless you could argue that skulking is stealthy. And uh, I stealthily set up the trap. Like I said, you can always roll any skill for any action, depending on how much of that is bullshit <laughs> that I think. Um, Fair. I can say limited effect. If you if you want to use skulk to set up this this trap, you can roll that. It's gonna have limited effect. I have a tune. That I could use to act, act magnetically, sort of like pull the thing, uh, but I would think I need to use my Zeno ability for that as well. Yeah, if we use his magnetic powers to try and trap the guy with a hidden pod, I mean, I imagine that's how we would trap things in a weird little pod thing. Like a little pod trap. I imagine I everything in the future is more pod-shaped. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Well, no, this is... No, I'm sorry. This everything in this is just space, space long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away is pod-shaped. I think it's more of a universe some good distance away. I, I don't know. Um, okay, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, I'll use my Xeno ability... And take stress from that and stress from the flashback to activate this mechanism. That's the thing. That is going to take you, uh, you... You are going to take multiple sources of stress on that, which I am all for. Um, 
so yeah you can absolutely take two stress from the flashback and how much stress is it for using your xeno ability that it depends on the complexity right it depends on the complexity so um it yeah whatever you think i'll say take one more stress on top of that for three total and you can make a a tune roll um to to see how well the trap is set up this will be a uh, risky standard that's a six that is a six so that means that uh the trap is totally in place you were able to perfectly attune to the way and use your magnetic abilities to set up this pod trap device um that you want to try and use to like enclose upon the creature is that what you said yeah that's what i was thinking encapsulate it kind of like a pokeball except without the magic shrinking yeah, no magic shrinking. <laughs> uh, sure. So the trap is in place, but I think here's the deal with it. Um, that is going to be harder to use effectively. Um, the the least the less injured that this thing is, because it's it is like totally fine right now, right? Like. It's going to be harder to catch this thing in a trap than if you wore it down a little bit. Fair enough. So I'll leave that up to you how you want to go about this then. But the trap is in place. Okay, so here's my plan. I want to... Oh, God. I I would like to uh, flashback to a uh, alternate plan should thing rolling in the flashbacks so just a just quick discussion on a possible plan if things go crazy um like this because obviously this isn't how we planned on this going out going down i'm like all right so uh if we need to like fight this thing here's how i think we should listen up gentlemen i have an idea you see i think should things go awry our best course of and our best course of action is action. What we should do is, well, perhaps we switch over so that uh, Cipher and I are on the double bike, and Gorpheus hides on over there and uses his what 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 do you call it uh, uh, force energy uh, the way. The way... Psychokinetic powers, but yes, the way. To uh, hide in the in the trees, so to speak, and use his power to scoop up the creature after uh, Gorfia, or after Cypher and I wear it down. And Cypher, of course, driving the two-manned the extraction slash i i want to stop you zach because the thing on flashbacks is you can't use a flashback to contradict what's already been established in fiction and it sounds like that's what you're trying to do because cypher was not on the two-man vehicle no 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 what my i plan is is if we need to switch an attack 
Yeah, it, it, if, like, if we need to I'm, switch. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's yelling I'm out saying, for a plan All right, for new formation. Mid-action. Mid like, we screwed up. Like, but gotcha. this is our best. If we have to fight this thing, it's not going to work um, the same way as before. Yeah, I think if 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 you if you three want to say that you have like established attack patterns, that's a simple enough thing for a crew of bounty hunters to practice. I'm I'm not gonna even call for stress on that. Like this doesn't sound like a crazy um, thing. So I'm gonna call for attack pattern delta. Nice. Nice. Killed it with the naming conventions. Uh, with um, the captain calling out uh, Delta Plan, um, Cypher is going to spring into action and shoot out their... Uh, hold up their right hand, shoot out their grappling hook uh, hand, uh, and it reaches out and high-fives the uh, Gorpheus, <laughs> and then they attach... Um, they're, they're like fingers interlace and attach, um, as they try to attach onto the, uh, still not broken speeder. Uh, yeah. So I, I think this is going to require some kind of action role. Uh, what would you like to use for this to try and get out of this dangerous situation and rejoin with your companions? Um, I'm going to attempt a scramble. Scramble sounds perfect. Uh, you are still in a desperate situation, so you'll get another XP for prowess. Um, I think because this is a coordinated thing that you we've established, you've practiced uh, Delta Plan before, this could potentially have great effect. Beautiful. Would you like to spend a gambit? Would you like to push yourself? This sounds like a good idea, uh, a good opportunity that uh that gorpheus could aid look we have a reasonable amount of gambits i'm just saying okay so i can use a gambit does anyone want to aid me uh yeah i'll i'll aid him as he is grabbing my hand uh yeah so gorpheus you will take uh one stress and uh that will give cypher a bonus die and uh, you'll get another bonus die from the gambit. I don't think the malfunctioning leg's really going to bother you on this, so you're not going to lose a die on this. Sweet. How many uh, will that put you up to? Um, I will be rolling three. All right, roll your three dice and tell me the highest. That is a six. That is a six. You do it uh, as you lock fingers with Gorpheus, and Gorpheus just yanks back uh, as the grappling hook retracts. You fly through the air. Gorpheus hops off the back seat of the uh, the the two seater like you planned, as you land con- uh, perfectly on the back of the of the two-seater and gorpheus you start running away from that what are you gonna do here (laughs) you cannot handle the power of friendship silly beast the the grand fariniki 
turns to look at you as you fly out of the uh fly out of the the tree uh onto the bike and it's like frills flare up as it its three tongues extend out of its mouth and it just goes and it looks like it's getting ready to pounce at the vehicle uh dom what is gorpheus gonna do here gorpheus is gonna go hide and try to look for an opportunity to you know, activate the trap and trap the Grand Faraniki. Um, okay, so Gorpheus runs off into the into the wilderness of the jungle. I'm not going to make you roll for that because uh, its attentions are fully on uh, Crash and Cypher right now. Um, Crash, Cypher lands behind you on the two-seater. This creature is getting ready to pounce at you. What would you like to do? Okay, so first thing I do, obviously, is gun it. Um, and then we, uh, I would like to say that we try and do our practiced maneuver of switching places while, um, on this bike. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is something simple enough to do as the creature starts pouncing towards you. Uh, so Cypher is in the front, uh, Crash is in the back. What, what, what's your plan here? All right, baby. It's time to do what I do best. I pull out my previously used Heavy Blaster. I, I imagine myself literally sitting backwards on this speeder um, with a gigantic... Uh, plasma assault rifle from sci-fi world. <laughs> uh, and I, I just turn to a cypher and I'm just like, all right, baby, kick it. And I just start unloading on this thing, presumably as he just starts like evading around, circling it and just like doing all kinds of crazy maneuvers to uh, avoid us being attacked at all. Wow, I'm just trying to uh, like beat this thing down a little bit as we head towards the spot we spoke about earlier. Sure, so I would love an action roll for you. Uh, regardless of what you want to roll, you are going to be in a desperate position, so you can give yourself a point of experience in that skills category. What do you, uh, what do you want to use? All right. Um, well, I, I mean, for me personally, it seems like scrap is the only option here. I'm literally yeah, in a fight. Scrap's a pretty damn good option. Yeah. Um, so you can go ahead and roll scrap. Um, normally like being point blank as this thing is charging towards you and firing a heavy blaster would be a great effect. However, because the hide of this thing is so thick because it, it's, it's armor is effectively a better quality than your blaster that is going to reduce it to standard effect. All right. Fair enough. I, good thing I used the uh, heavy blaster instead of the sidearms, huh? <laughs> I'm going to use one more of our, our bonus dice here. 
Yeah, spend a gambit, get a bonus die. Yeah. Uh, you can spend two stress to push yourself if you want. Um, it sounds like Cypher is maybe in a good position to aid you. You know what? I'm actually totally down to stress, take two stress and push myself here. I, I haven't taken a lot. Sure, so take two stress. So uh, we're going to go for this. That's four die. And you know what? Look, we got two sixes. I don't know if that means anything extra, but... That does mean something extra. That is a critical success when you roll two or more sixes. Uh, so because you pushed yourself and because you spent that gambit, you put yourself in a position to critically succeed as you just start blasting with increased effect your your uh blaster totally shredding the armor of the underbelly of the grand Fariniki as it recoils in pain and stutters backwards falling onto its back for just a moment but that might be just the moment that gorpheus needs Gorpheus, what would you like to do as you see the the Grand Fariniki fall down, horribly injured? I'd reach out my shriveled third arm to reveal Gross. an emerald on my shoulder and a bunch of little emeralds ingrained in my palm. And I am going to use my psychomagnetic powers to uh, try to encapsulate this creature in our metal trap. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you could definitely roll a tune on this. Uh, because the Grand Fariniki uh, was injured so badly, and because that was a critical success from Crash, uh, that is going to raise you from a desperate position to a risky position. Um, and I think because you, you perfectly set the trap before, this could potentially have great effect. All right, let's go. Uh, do I take a point of stress for using my Xeno power? Yeah. Yeah, go go ahead and put uh, another point of stress on yourself. Can I use a point of stress to aid him, saying we got the Grand Fariniki in the perfect position? Do you, do you have, like, a more specific way you think you could aid than, like, just encouraging words not not that encouraging words couldn't i mean do you're it. driving me no like like the positioning of the grand fariniki oh i like, I see. like we drove it into the perfect position and then like, he so kind of shot it down as it recoils like you hit the gas and start like ramming it into the spot that it needs yeah. to be yeah absolutely that's dope as hell yeah you you can uh take a point of stress and that will give gorpheus a bonus die on this attune roll let's fucking go and um i have one more request actually yes uh so my skill uh basically uh for the two stress ability and i don't know if you want to let me do more crazy stuff if for two stress but for the two stress which i imagine is a big bulky trap mm -hmm. and i'm capturing the dude and if i do that and take the two stress i can get a plus one die or a plus one effect a player's choice 
um based on oh if it's uh if the xeno power only enables you to take an action and a roll uh is still required does that make does that how how, how are you feeling on that so Basically, when you push yourself by using your Xeno powers, you can get, like, even better effect than normally pushing yourself. Um, yeah, I think that makes sense here, uh, because you are using your Xeno command of magnetism on this metal trap. Um, so yeah, you can, you can absolutely push yourself, um, take a bonus die, and uh, that said, you could either get better position or effect. Uh, yeah, it looks like either take a plus one or a plus one effect player's choice. Uh, I see. Okay. Uh, you you already have great effect, so you don't necessarily need to do that. But uh, you can do the two stress to get a bonus die. Um, that, yeah, 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 yeah motherfucker i rolled a five i got two fours i don't know if that that doesn't do anything uh that is going to be no uh two fours means jack squat uh a five on your highest roll there is going to mean you do it but there's a consequence you suffer harm a complication occurs you have reduced effect or you end up in a desperate position um i think you are struggling with the the size and complexity of this trap as you reach out with your powers and you feel that push of hostile way energy mystical power that you felt earlier you feel it pushing back almost fighting against you as you um as you you try to use your powers you are going to take a level one harm uh that is just mystic feedback as there's just like this ah, like terrible migraine that suddenly fills your mind oh no oh god okay okay this is fine space static in your head yeah exactly space static but you do it. You push past the space static as the trap launches into place, closes around the horribly injured Grand Faraniki, and wraps around containing it. It writhes against this, trying to burst out, but... You have captured the Faraniki, and we will end our session and episode there. Oh shit, the, the, the evil force users are gonna come kill us! It's okay, gentlemen, <laughs> we're gonna make it out of there. Thank you for listening to Escape the Dungeon. Escape the Dungeon is created by Dom Brass, Nate Brass, Zach Brass, and Mike Cripps, with editing and original music by Tyler Nate. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing and leaving a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. To find us on social media, go to Escape the Dungeon Pod 
www.thepodcastnetwork.com.